Athletic Strategic Communications Director, Rachel Pincus. Uh, I had the pleasure of working with Rachel for the past year as an intern and gained a lot of really valuable skills and knowledge, and I'm really excited to sit down and talk college athletics and life as a student athlete with Rachel. So, Rachel, uh, how are we doing today? Awesome. I'm really excited to be here. I will tell you that this is my first podcast, so um, really, really excited that it's uh, with, with somebody that I've been able to work with. So I'm learning as I'm doing this, so I'm excited. Yeah, likewise, for sure. It's it's really fun, um, and it's kind of the new hip thing to do is, is record podcasts and engage in, in the online voice, which uh, I know you know a lot about. So um, before we start talking about your role here at the University of Kansas, can you kind of talk about what you were doing prior to moving out to Lawrence? Yeah, so um, it was funny because my story kind of has me kind of all over the place, and I think that's what um, I I appreciate the most is, um, so I was uh, born and raised in the Baltimore area in, in Maryland, and um, I, you know, grew up student athlete, went to, went to college out there. Um, I took a job out of, of college and um, was working in, you know, basically my hometown and um, realized that, you know, money was not, you know, everybody gets excited because it's the, oh, I got the degree, now I get to make all the money. Well, um, I realized it was quickly not all it was chalked up to be mm-hmm. if you're not doing something that you appreciate. So I um, uh, actually quit my job, went back, uh, got it, took an internship. So I was 25 years old as an intern uh, amongst actual what you would, you know, picture interns to be and um you know most of them were doing it for for some sort of fulfillment for school and um but it was in the this the golf world um so it was my uh, I saw it as an opportunity to get my foot in the door of sports it's such a competitive industry and um I knew I had to make some sort of sacrifice so I said you know I'm young I don't really have anything tying me down so I moved packed my car up moved to South Carolina um which uh being a ocean girl. I appreciated that. Wow, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, uh, and then worked in golf, which, um, you know, being outside in, in gorgeous weather, um, is certainly nothing to sneeze at, but, um, my, uh, you know, my supervisor there, um, quickly promoted me, um, realizing that I did have some, some professional background, um, you know, mm-hmm. and that I wasn't fresh out of school. And, yeah. um, so promoted me to the director of marketing communications there, um, where I was able to be really hands-on and learn a lot, uh, as I went. Um, and, uh, you know, and then I realized that, you know, I loved the experience that I had, but I was really missing the, um, you know, I was missing college. I was missing sports and, um, I, I, felt like there was something a little bit something missing so I saw a position posting for my now job and um to be honest with you I kind of thought it was a Hail Mary you know applying I I said oh you know I'm sure everybody would love to have a job like this and uh, um uh I know that you know some great people come out of KU so I I said you know surely somebody who knows the tradition from the inside out plus is you know has a great education surely it'll go to that but um the hail mary hail mary you know translated to a a phone call a couple days later and um the rest is history so went maryland to south carolina to kansas so a couple of different levels of culture shock there but but all good things absolutely yeah and i can totally relate to bits and pieces of that story and that last year under you i was uh, a graduate student you know 26 years old interning with a bunch of 19, 20, 21-year-olds and kind of didn't feel like the black sheep necessarily, but was definitely an outlier relative to the rest of the group. But it didn't make it any less of a valuable experience. And I still tried to soak it up for for what it was. Um, But yeah, I think that's such a cool story and how you kind of took a major risk 
to pursue something that you really are passionate about and really talented at. Um, and you kind of look maybe five, six years down the road, and now here you are um, making a great living, doing something that you love. Uh, you just bought a house with your husband. I did. Like everything's kind of falling into place. You just had a birthday. Happy Blade birthday. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, you know, I think that once I ditched the whole plan thing, you know, I'm very um, obsessive compulsive in the standpoint of, you know, I was going to go to school and I was going to have a great job and I was just, I had this path planned out and, um, you know, it's almost more discouraging when that, when you realize, oh, this is not, this is not the plan. Um, and so I think the second that I kind of said, okay, you know what, the plan's out the window. I have a, I like to think I have a good head on my shoulders. So, um, that's going to be, that's going to be the only thing that I'm, I'm is going to be the steady. And, um, I, I really took a, a liking to the whole getting comfortable with being uncomfortable thing. Yes. Um, I don't like to be uncomfortable, but um, I, I try to integrate that into my life. So, um, I mean, what's more uncomfortable than, um, you know, packing your car up and driving nine hours south to uh, a place where you don't, I mean, it's, um, I, I knew I, I knew sports. I know I love sports. Uh, I had finished my master's degree. And um, so I felt like I had all the pieces, but I, it was pretty much uncharted waters for me. So, um, so, I mean, yeah, talk about uncomfortable. <laughs> Yeah, totally. And I, I think that's um, kind of an aphorism that I live by as well, is that you've got to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And, and you're kind of in a position where I'm willing to bet that every single day you're uncomfortable at some point with what you're doing or in a meeting or like today you're conducting an interview for a potential manager on campus and you're, you're doing a lot of really cool stuff at a really young age. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, I think that's why I enjoy having uh, a team that works with me because, um, you know, um, for the most part, you know, everybody's always been um, younger than me on my team, but they bring, um, I like to be challenged. You know, I, I think that, um, you know, you can have the best head on your shoulders, but everybody's perspectives are different. And, and um, I think it's been great. You know, I've worked with people of color. I've worked with um, people of different types of minorities and um, to be able to, um, you know, to, to put my, you know, I, I am the, you know, I have this title, I'm a full-time staff member, um, to kind of put that aside and say, you know what, <clears throat> that doesn't change um, what other people can offer to me and, and to what I know. And so I lean heavily on that. And I know a lot of people um, kind of uh, look at the word intern as a, you know, almost a, oh, well, it's kind of not childlike, but it's, it's not as official. Um, but for me, you know, I, I really don't, I, I've never seen my team like that because um, I, I get true you know, contributions from everybody and, um, to be able to, um, you know, to have people that are willing and, and, you know, it, it's probably uncomfortable for me to tell them, Hey, look, if I, if you see something that I've done that I've screwed up, or maybe I haven't taken something into account, um, voice that, you know, don't mm -hmm. be scared of, you know, I need to, to hear that. Um, because, um, you know, that, that's obviously uncomfortable to, to take to your, uh, quote unquote boss, but it's, it, it's, um, you know, it makes, and it makes me the good kind of uncomfortable. It's the, I thought that I knew what was best and I didn't. And so, um, I've really tried to em embrace that in a lot of, a lot of different ways. And I have to be cognizant of it and mindful of it because humans don't want to be uncomfortable. I mean, it's not a fun thing to do. Um, but I think when you realize how much you're capable of doing what you do, um, you know, get uncomfortable or even if you do fail, I mean, it's the, I just learned a lot, but I wouldn't have learned that if I wasn't uncomfortable. So, um, I, I think the value outweighs the, you know, uncomfortable always feels uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, 
but it's something that I've really tried to, to be conscious about. Definitely. And, and like you alluded to, that's where our growth occurs is, yep. is when we're uncomfortable. And I, I know that you've adopted a growth mindset and you're kind of a, a lifelong learner. I don't think your education stopped when you got your degree. So that's a, that's a huge part of the whole deal and having the humility to, you know, listen to a 19 or 20 year old when uh, you have the experience and you're the one who's getting the paycheck, but maybe they have cool insights because they're from a different generation. And that's just kind of how it works with social media. Absolutely. I, and let me tell you, you know, there are trends, there are words that I do not hear every day, but um, I tell them, you know, bring it to me. I need to, <laughs> this is the stuff I need to know. We have to be relevant. And sometimes being relevant is, uh, you know, bringing all the pieces of the puzzle. Definitely. Together. Absolutely. So, um, as we've discussed, I mean, you have uh, a really prominent role in the athletic department kind of managing the brand of Kansas Athletics. Uh, you also have just a chaotic schedule. I mean, I remember one time in the fall, it was a Friday night, and you worked a, a men's basketball game. And then we woke up at 3 a.m. or 4 a.m., and we drove down to uh, Stillwater, Oklahoma, to work the Oklahoma State-Kansas football game. I mean, that, that was the weekend. Most people are relaxing out having adult beverages. And I mean, you worked like 20 straight hours. Like, how do you maintain motivation with such a demanding schedule? Yeah, you know, I think that, um, you know, people are people are human. And I think, you know, I certainly would not sit here and try and uh, fool you into thinking that I don't get tired and um, that I don't need to have caffeine in my life because I certainly <laughs> do. But um, I, I think the biggest thing is, is I feel like I, um, you know, the one thing that that drew me to a career in sports was the fact that I missed being an athlete. I missed being around teammates. I missed the culture that comes from sports because I think that, um, you know, there's a reason people love sports and are willing to put so much of their disposable income into sports is because you can get so much out of it. I, I mean, people will argue and, and I agree to a certain extent that there is excess, you know, um, do paychecks need to be, you know, gobs of money. I, not necessarily. Do I wish that I made that much money? Sure. Absolutely. But, but um, you know, so there, there's certainly some extravagance to it. But at the end of the day, it's the, the wholesome. I mean, you know, I'm a, I'm a Caps fan, but watching, you know, the Caps win the Stanley Cup. I mean, you saw pure. I mean, it was as if you suddenly had a roster of five-year-olds. Yes. First time that they had ever had something really big like that. And, you know, it's the same thing, you know, and through the wins and the losses, because we see it all across all of our sports is, um, is you know, that emotion that, you know, I endured first person. And so I exhausted my eligibility as much as I like to think that I'm, uh, you know, still in that, that kind of shape. The reality is, is I'm not, but, um, you know, being able to kind of, uh, live vicariously, um, and be able to tell their stories because I know that, um, sometimes I felt like as a student athlete, my story wasn't necessarily always told. Um, and so, um, being able to be, to, to have the keys to that, um, I, you know, it's a privilege for me um, because I think that um, every single student athlete we have has a special story to, to tell and to be able to be the one responsible for doing that, um, of course, with the help of our of our talented team um, is is an honor for sure. Absolutely. That's kind of a perfect segue because I, I really wanted to discuss the art of storytelling uh, that's becoming more and more popular and we see it. Um, throughout social media and different platforms is how important it is to tell stories and how humans are kind of drawn towards stories. And uh, it's just uh, such a tremendous skill of yours in, in telling stories. And I know you've talked about how you really try to kind of hit that emotional piece with a lot of the content that you produce for Kansas. And 
Did you want to just kind of like dive into that a little bit? Yeah, you know, I think, um, you know, I, I have firsthand experience with a lot of these uh, of these stories and, and I, I consider myself lucky to be a part of them. But, um, you know, when you when you consider, OK, winning a national championship in, in whatever sport it is, is a difficult thing to do. You're going against the best of the best in the entire country. You're at elite stage. You know, you are hoping that you're at your peak performance. Um, so you've got a bunch of things that are stacked up against you and to, to be able to hurdle all of that is already kind of a mesmerizing concept. Mm-hmm. Well, um, but at the end of the day, somebody does it every year. And so taking the story of, okay, a national champion or a national championship team, um, really that's not a new story. Um, it, it may be Kansas one year, it may be you know a different university the next year. That story doesn't change what, what makes people drawn to it and drawn to sports is the who who are these people um I mean you take somebody like Devontae Graham on our men's basketball team and um I mean people was he talented absolutely nobody's gonna sit here and question uh his level of talent but what people were drawn to was the fact that he had this story you know he didn't have the easiest background um growing up you know and um he had a you know had an interesting family dynamic he was supposed to go somewhere else and and ended up you know getting a a second chance if you will um to to come to one of the elite basketball programs um and you know for those of you who follow him on Snapchat or Instagram, I mean, he is full disclosure. This is me. I'm a happy guy. He wants to be smiling all the time. And, um, it's the, you know, uh, you know, we didn't win a national championship, but every game that we won and to see that through the excitement that it brought to him and his teammates, uh, that's, that's the story yeah. is, um, what does this mean to, to him? So at the end of the day, you know, that national championship trophy may come home with us, may not, it didn't this year, but that didn't take away from the story of, of who is Devante Graham, who is this team and who are these guys and, and, um, are they the quiet ones? Are they the outgoing bubbly ones? And, um, it's really, it takes a level of being in tune, um, and being willing to actively listen and, and observe. Um, a lot of what I do is just, um, it's, it's really kind of being present, um, and being able to kind of pick up on whether it's a mannerism, whether it's a habit, a pregame ritual habit and, and not being intrusive because, you know, certain things are, um, you know, very private and close to, to their, to their hearts. But, um, to be able to kind of see some of those dynamics and be able to like probe them a little bit without, you know, without being, um, intrusive. And that's the story. I mean, and, and it doesn't even have to be the sports. I mean, fans are connected because they love the athletes. We have an affinity, um, you know, to, to just be a part of that because, um, the reality is, is when you are a diehard fan of, of a sport, um, you consider yourself part of that. It's 100%. the, we won the Super Bowl. We yes. won the Stanley Cup. I mean, I have never played ice hockey in my whole life, but if you ask me, I, I won a Stanley Cup. <laughs> so um, it's, it's that whole, um, it's that whole connection. And if they're not, if you're not connected to the team, if you can't find things that are, that make these athletes relatable to the people who aren't playing, maybe never played basketball in their lives, maybe, um, just, you know, maybe they admire it because they can't play. Um, but, um, that's, that's what being a fan is. And for us, um, it's the, how do we, how do we sell that? And, and that's with any program programs that go through ups and downs. Um, even in a down year, it's a, yeah, you know what? Losing is hard on us. It's hard on you. We get that, Mm -hmm. but it's the, these are still 
great guys that are, or girls, women, excuse me, um, that put in work endless hours of work, whether it's um, training, whether it's recovery, whether it's school and tutoring. And um, it's the, you know what, it may not be equating to a, to a winning season, but that there's still something that we can connect to. It's the, hey, I would never knock so-and-so because that work ethic is next to none. Um, and it's, uh, it's that that makes, you know, like I said, at the end of the day, a national championship is what it is without the stories behind it. Absolutely. That's amazing. Um, and from my vantage point, it almost seems as if you become one with, with the teams because you're, you're around them so often at practices and games and traveling, um, and you really get ingrained in their culture. Uh, does it become hard for you to kind of like disassociate your emotions from uh, the team's success, whether it be basketball or football? Like, do you find yourself kind of, you know, either s- celebrating internally or feeling a little down? Yeah, you know, I would be a liar if I didn't admit that um, it's kind of an unwritten rule, but, um, you know, anybody who is on the, the staff of a university or, or, or an institution like us um, is that, you know, the press box is a, a place of business. People are either writing stories or they're tweeting the games or, you know, everybody's doing their job. And um, I, I would be lying if I don't, you know, if we, you know, when we score a touchdown, I mean, I have like my nails in my thighs because <laughs> I, you know, the, the sports fan me and knowing, you know, and seeing them because, you know, you see them in workouts, you see them, you see them when fans don't always get to see them. And, you know, seeing all of that makes you that much more invested in in those moments. So um, I am very much a, a, a very silent uh, throat cheer, if you will, because I have to refrain and, and keep it to myself. But I think that um, one of the, the the weird benefits, and this may sound weird um, for me, is that I didn't go to KU. And I think that allows me to kind of stay distanced enough mm-hmm. um, because I think if you're a fan first, and that's not to say it's impossible, but for me, if I was a fan first, um, I probably it probably would take it harder. But I think that the reality sets in, you know, I could be disappointed. You know, for, for me to be at the Final Four and to see not only be disappointed because the team that you're working with um, loses, but to see, you know, the defeat on the faces of these guys who have worked so hard to get there, um, certainly you feel that kind of, you know, gut wrenching, oh, this is not how we pictured it. But the reality kind of sets in and it kind of snapped, I I snapped too in that uh, the story is not over though. Um, In that, uh, you know, a loss like that does not take away from the people and the humans that they are, what comes next. And I think the, that level of responsibility always kind of keeps me even keel in terms of if it's a win, we we do celebrate, and uh, to be honest with you, if I didn't celebrate it, I, I think that so it would make it hard for people on social media to celebrate it. So mm-hmm. I kind of do have to put myself in that, but I kind of have to be. Um, I don't want to say mother duck, but um, I kind of have to say, you know, it's kind of like when you know you see a toddler fall and scrape their knees, you know, mom has to scoop them up and, hey, it's going to be okay. There's something that comes after this fall. Um, And that's kind of the, hey, you know, a loss is that, that, uh, you know, quote unquote fall. Um, But there's something after that. It's the, you're getting up and this is not, this is not the last basketball game for, for KU hoops. This is not the last, you know, this is not the end of the road for you guys by any means. So um, I think, you know, you certainly, um, and it's fun to celebrate the wins. I mean, who doesn't like to, to celebrate the wins of their team? No kidding. Um, but uh, I think I learned more from the, from the losses because it's the, how do we keep this story 
a strong, prominent piece of this, regardless of that outcome. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, I mean, we've got, and maybe I'm biased, but we've got great student athletes. And I think that um, they deserve every ounce of promotion that they can get, win, lose, or draw. And I, I honestly believe that. Absolutely. And I'm kind of jetting ahead here, but because you said that, um, this spring I had an interview with the Department of Athletics called KU Leads, and I was to present answering a question, which is, what is the biggest issue currently facing student athletes? And I remember one day during office hours, I posed the question to you, and you had a very unique response in that um, you talked about athletes and their brands and kind of capitalizing on that. Uh, and could you can you kind of share your insights in that? Yeah, you know, it's hard. And I feel like any of the athletes that I speak to, whether it's before a season, um, if I happen to bump into them in the hallway, whatever it may be, um, you know, we forget sometimes, I think that, um, you know, when you're a kid growing up, if you ever played sports, it was always the, oh, I want to play college at this school. You know, you had your dream school, you wanted to play, and you wanted to go on and play professional if you could. For, for women, it, there's less opportunity. But at the, everybody kind of had that, I want to play. And it was these lofty, you know, highfalutin um, dreams. But, um, you know, so little of so few of us get the opportunity to do that and so the reality is is that is, is being a student athlete is is a privilege um and i think that um it's sometimes hard to look at it as a privilege because i do know there's it's demanding i mean it's demanding on your time on your energy on your physical being because you're going through hours of training and exercising and weightlifting and and as it evolves I mean it's it's demanding um social media I'm, I mean I'm a time suck and you know we're constantly yeah. stealing some of their time and um where you know before social media that was time that student athletes did have um but the unfortunate thing is you know with privilege comes responsibility and um I think it's hard because you can't um you know when things go wrong and I think we've seen it at many programs nationwide mm-hmm. um you know it it's hard it's not an excuse but i mean at the end of the day we're talking about 18 19 20 year old you know young um yes legal adults but um still i mean i still considered myself a kid at that age and um but you kind of have adult responsibility in the truest form and and probably to a higher extent you know if if the average student doesn't want to go to class on Tuesday morning because, hey, I drank too much last night and I'm mm-hmm. just not feeling it. Um, that's their prerogative. Yeah. Um, student athletes don't, the, 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 there's not that level of, um, of privilege. They have a responsibility. You have to be eligible to play. Um, if you're, you know, if you're a student and you, you fail out, I mean, you fail out. I mean, you, you lose that money, you know, but there's no real consequence, I guess. Um, but to do the thing that you love, I mean, there, there's responsibility there. And, um, the, the, uh, unfortunate thing is that, um, you know, I'm always torn about this, but, um, you know, we idolize student athletes, professional athletes. I mean, they are truly celebrities. I mean, it's not just movie stars anymore that are those celebs. And because we idolize them, we're so hungry as a society. Like, who are these people? What do they do when they go home? What do they like to eat? What are they singing in their car? Um, that's not an endorsement to text and drive, but, um, (laughs) but you know, we're, we're so hungry that, um, we've seen this phenomenon of people following 
personal accounts and it becomes, uh, you know, where does the student athlete brand start and stop and where does the Kansas Athletics brand start and stop? Part of the responsibility is at the end of the day, you do have a responsibility because you are wearing Kansas across your chest. Mm -hmm. That's a privilege, but it comes with responsibility of, you know, there are certain expectations of you. Um, But the reason that that is such a gray area too is that um, we're certainly not in a business not here at Kansas. And I would think most social media coordinators, uh, if you will, would, would agree with me that we're not in the business of dictating what, what they're doing. We, you know, the personality is half of the story. Um, so, you know, we're, we're, we're not sitting here trying to say, okay, you can do X, Y, and Z, but you can't do A, B, and C. Um, and I think it's hard because I mean, I think that the the older that I get, I, I have a, a more worldly, you know, I'm able to see things a little bit bigger picture. Um, and I, I can promise you that when I, you know, I'm, it's not tunnel vision, but when you have a lot of stimuli, you've got sports, you've got school, you've got friends, you've got family. Um, when you've got, it, it's a lot easier to get a little bit more narrow minded. And, uh, and um, it's hard because we all want to have fun at the same level, regardless of what we're doing. We could be a regular student. We could be a student athlete. I mean, I'm, I'm a professional and I still want to have fun, but it's the, what does this say about me? Because social media has become that first impression. We're no longer getting that first, oh, I can shake your hand. I can introduce myself. Hi, my name is Rachel Pincus. It's the, if I click follow on your Instagram, that is the first impression. And, um, you know, for somebody who doesn't post very much at all of my personal life on my Instagram, um, I do that for a reason, just because, um, you know, I, I'm a bit of a private person, but, um, I know that, you know, in my role and just the things that I do, um, my first priority for myself, my personal brand is to a, be a good role model for whoever may be, be following me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, to be an advocate for Kansas, cause I, you know, I, I like my job and I, I enjoy it. And I think that we do some great things here. So I like to show that off. Um, but, um, you know, it's, it's tough. I mean, as a student athlete, I mean, your friends are having fun. I mean, you know, so your, your, um, you know, your roommate might, might get to go to the, to the frat house for a banger, but, oh, you don't get to do that because you got to be up at 8 a.m. to run. Exactly. Um, and and if you do, by some chance, end up at that at, at that banger, it's the, what are you posting? Mm-hmm. I mean, are, are you doing something that uh, probably shouldn't be out there? I mean, then you've got legal issues of, are you old enough to be partaking in alcohol consumption? And, um, you know, there's a lot of sticky areas, you know, and those rules obviously apply to anybody under 21, but they're elevated again for student athletes because um, I think people judge student athletes even are of age because there's this expectation of you're an elite athlete. And um, so it's, I mean, social media can be a really, really great tool and I'm a big advocate for it, but um, it's tough to navigate when you're, when you're young, because um, I think you, you don't realize that so much of it is, is consumed by more people than you probably, excuse me, probably think. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. I think, it, I mean, it's got to be wild to just be an 18-year-old who's really, really good at, at basketball or football, and you, you make a Twitter account one day, and, and you check it a couple days later, and you have 15,000 followers like that. It's a substantial amount right, of people. Right. I don't think there are that many people in this world that that care too too much about what I'm what I'm saying, <laughs> um, as much as I may like to to think about it. But it's true. I mean, it uh, you know everything 
you know, and, and I always sound, I feel like I sound like, you know, this mom that's, you know, hey, don't retweet things unless you want to endorse it because essentially that's what you're doing is endorsing it when you retweet it. Don't like, you know, and I tell people, I said, look, I'm not, I am not jud- uh, judging by any stretch. If what you think is funny is, is funny. I mean, I, I, this is horrible, but I mean, people falling downstairs makes me laugh. You know, those compilations on YouTube, oh, absolutely. Um, provided that they're okay. <laughs> uh, you know, obviously injury is not something we want, but, um, but you know, I think that if people didn't sit in a conversation like you and I are having, and I just said, yeah, I think it's funny when people fall downstairs and I had, you know, and you didn't know that my personality, <laughs> yeah. really, I have a big heart and I would never, you know, want to see anybody injured, but you know, um, but people don't know that, that level of my personality. And so all of a sudden, you know, I sound like a horrible person and it's the same thing with social media is that, you know, um, you know, we, we want to, we all want to be funny and, and engaging with our friends. Um, but we forget that it's not just our friends that we're, that we're you know, saying and sharing things with and that, you know, you've got young kids and you've got parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles, and you've got the whole gamut of, of ages and backgrounds and, and beliefs that are following you. And it's the, what kind of impression am I going to make with this? If they never get to meet me in, in their whole life, how, how can I portray, like, this is the person I am? I do have a big heart. Or maybe I care a lot about charity. Or maybe, um, you know, I'm a jokester and, and you know, I'm just a, a funny guy and I'm going to give insight to that. But it's all a, who do you want to be and how are you going about making sure that you are doing that in a way that also still protects your responsibility to, to Kansas? Yeah, that's a really good point about aligning those two things. And I think another... Uh, dynamic that has to be in consideration is that there's also people out there who are looking for something negative. They're looking for a negative narrative, perhaps, to portray about, you know, these student athletes and just any sort of person who has a personal brand. Um, and, And these are all things that I think we need to educate student athletes about when, when they get to campus. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it's, um, I generally think that people have have good intentions. The problem is is that there's such this level of disconnect with with social media in that um, we're a lot braver mm-hmm. to type with our thumbs than we would be if we were in a confrontational situation. Um, and we see a lot of that on the, on the branding side. You know, people will will take to Twitter and, hey, you know, I ordered tickets and I had a horrible checkout process, and it's the hey we want to talk to you. Like, let us know what happened. Half the time they really aren't as mad as they come off, but it's the, this is going to make me feel better in a, in an instant kind of bandaid fix. So I'm just going to scream at Twitter and maybe the world will, you know, um, but once they realize that, you know, Hey, you know, we, we care about that. We care about you and, um, that social media should be social. Um, it, it becomes, well, you know, it really wasn't that bad. I mean, I wish that, you know, maybe I could have um, paid by check instead of credit card. I, I don't deal with ticketing, so this is kind of a hypothetical um, instance, but it's the, how do we how do we improve that? You know, because we're, we're humans and we have to adjust with other humans, but it's the same thing with, with social media is that you have to understand that, you know, we know these student athletes and we know that they have hearts of gold and we know that they are, you know, they have great intentions, but at the end of the day, you know, I think um, some of it is, um, is just, and I can say, you know, if there's an athlete that is just, you know, super talented and, you know, they, they really put together and things like that, it's a, man, I kind of wish I could have been that too. <laughs> but, um, sure. and that's certainly not an excuse to sit there and, and 
you know, dig at, you know, try to find that one moment of weakness. Cause mm-hmm. here, here we go again, we are all humans. Yeah. Um, and there's going to be those moments of weakness, but it's the, um, people love to pray on that. And it's, uh, it's really unfortunate because, um, you know, you've got people who, um, are just really talented about being, I mean, you take JJ Watt, for example, I, I think that he, from a, from a personal brand is a phenomenal example of, uh, of social media. I think that he does have a big heart and he, he decides, okay, how am I going to show that I, I want people to know that I have a big heart. He's not doing it just for likes and things of that nature. Cause I mean, anybody who's met him knows, I mean, he likes to do the things that he's doing. Yes, he, he likes does. to be, um, involved with the community. Um, and so, um, you know, he does a good job of, uh, of, you know, making that his stand. And, um, but that's not to say, you know, there are people who maybe have some personal insecurities that, um, you know, if there was, uh, you know, if he gets pulled over for speeding, I mean, people would blow that out of the water. I mean, who hasn't had a speeding ticket? No I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but, but at the end of the day, you know, it becomes magnified because there's this level of, oh, but he's so great. Gosh, why can't he just screw up just once? And so um, it's unfortunate that we kind of have to take that level of, you know, being naive away from uh, fr- from our student athletes because, um, you know, unfortunately not everyone wants to see you succeed. And um, I think that for a lot of athletes, that's motivation, um, to, to, you know, strive for the best. And, um, but, uh, the, the reality is, is you always have to be careful of, of that because people are just waiting for that moment of weakness. They really are. Yeah. I'm glad you brought up one of my favorite Wisconsinites and JJ Watt. Uh, my high school actually played him in, uh, the high school football tournament. I think my freshman year, he was a senior, and uh, they rolled over us. I'm not sure we scored, but that's, it was kind of a, a cool little highlight. But hey, JJ Watt, JJ Watt, gosh, man. I yeah, I he could play for literally any team, and I would be a big fan. So yeah. he's just yeah, he's a he's a good dude. He really is. And I remember a post that he had recently, and it was basically talking about you know accomplishments and and things that we do in our lives, and and we have one of two options: we can share those moments um, and be proud of what we've done, and try to inspire other people to do similar acts or we can choose to not share it out of, out of fear because, you know, there is going to be negative backlash and people are going to say, Oh, you're just self-promoting yourself. It's all about you. And I just really appreciate the fact that, um, he's more on the former than the latter. He really does share what he does. And it's hard because I feel like any, um, any way you go with, especially when you're in the social media world, um, I mean, there are, there's always going to be naysayers. There's going to be people who have different points of view and, um, you know, and we see it all the time. Um, you know, that, uh, unfortunately we will, you know, if we tell a great story that we feel like, um, really tells a lot about one of our student athletes, you'd be surprised, but there's almost inevitably always one person that is finding some way to make it a a negative thing. Um, And honestly, you know, a lot of times we just kind of have to brush that off um, because, you know, it's everything from body shaming to um, overly self-promoting to, um, but at the end of the day, I think that a healthy level of pride is something that all people should have um, because without pride, um, you're not motivated to do the things that you do. And, um, you know, for me, uh, I'm sure some people, you know, my Instagram probably are sick of seeing 
between me and my work environment, but I'm, I'm proud to have the job that I have. And I think that I get to go to some cool places. I get to do some cool things. And, um, so for me, it's the, I'm going to put this out there, not to brag, Hey, I have a great job. You don't. Um, but it's the, that this is a world that's relatively new. I mean, there's not a whole lot of social media managers in the world, relatively speaking. Um, but hopefully, you know, I hope that I can inspire somebody, especially women, no disrespect to men, but, um, to, to pursue something like this, to see that they're, um, you know, that work doesn't have to be, um, you know, boring and, and long and hard and, something that you dread every day. Mm -hmm. So, um, you're right. I mean, there's, there's always going to be people who don't like it and, um, there's, but then there's going to be people who are inspired. And so you just have to choose which one and commit to it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you brought that up too, because I love the way that you are so open and sharing the work that you do. And, um, and you have people around you who are able to take some really sweet shots of you using amazing cameras. (laughs) Um, but it, and that, that's so huge right now too because we we talk about how um, females they have this glass ceiling and a lot of times they they aren't in positions um, equal to to men and um, for you to be able to portray that and show women that look at uh, look at me I am a very young woman who's in a very um, prominent role at a power five university. Um, like that maybe that's just all they need to like kick it in gear and, and start to pursue something that they're passionate about rather than just kind of like being content in a nine to five in a cubicle. Right. Right. And I think, I, I mean, I think that if I hadn't have had the background that I had, I mean, I am so, so thankful for the job that I had right out of college because to be honest with you, a lot of my raw skill sets came from that job. Um, I met a lot of great people. My, my longtime mentor, um, still works for the company and I, I consider myself to have learned a lot from her. Um, and so I would never sit here and say I regret that by any stretch. But um, for me to be doing something that I knew that, you know, I could have success and I could enjoy the people I was working with, but I wasn't passionate. I didn't have that wake up and I want to make a difference type feeling. Um, and so that was the the reason for my career change. And, and so for me... Um, you know, I think that um, some people probably would look at some of my social media. Of, oh, you're, you know, you're so self-promotional. But for me, it's the, you know, if I, I remember the feeling that I had. I mean, I was applying for every possible sports job that I could. I had done internships um, while I was a student athlete. After I was a student athlete, I was putting in volunteer hours, knowing like I'm not going to get paid. I'm just going to give up my weekend. And I'm just going to help a, a university um, because there always seem to be understaffed. Um, but um, it, I remember the. I mean, I could wallpaper this room that we're in with rejection letters and. Um, I try not to forget that feeling because at that point I easily could have said, you know what, it, clearly it's writing on the wall. I need to give this, this up. Um, but, uh, but I didn't. And I know that it's so cliche for everybody to sit there and say dreams do come true. And um, you know, and things of that nature. And, and I think that dreams do come true uh, to a bigger extent than, than people think, mostly because we all do have very different dreams. My dream is not going to be the next person's dream, but to show, I mean, I think that we're seeing such an increase in this space, in the social media space, in sports with women, because I think that, um, you know, women do tend to have kind of that nurturing, um, you know, trait to them just by, uh, science. Mm, And, um, I think that that, 
in me is what makes me want to see those human interest stories. I mean, we, um, you know, we're constantly, I mean, social media changes their algorithms and what people do and don't like. And, um, you know, and we sit here and we're going, okay, we're in the sports world. We got to be putting out content of, you know, hard hitting football and, and, uh, you know, the high jumps from, um, volleyball and, and, you know, all these great dunks from basketball. And we're, we, you know, we're trying to say, how do we get all this action out? Well, you know, I think that I was reminded of that yesterday. We, you know, we do a free movie night in um, David Booth, Kansas Memorial Stadium every year and a big thing for families and young ones to come to. And I see this little kid and, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking about, okay, I have to put out some tweets and I have to do this and trying to be strategic. And um, I see this little kid, he had to have been three or four maybe, just taken off across the field. And um, he has the like ear-to-ear grin on his face. And and at first I said, man, you know, I take for granted I can walk on this football field every day if I wanted to. Um, this is probably this first this kid's first time. And, you know, when you're, you know, yay tall and you're, you know, barely hitting two feet and you're on this massive football field, I mean, that has to feel like a whole new world. Well, then I realized that he is in a full sprint towards baby Jay. And when he stops, he looks at him adoringly and just has his fist clenched because he's just so excited. And, um, a lot of people I think would overlook that of, Oh yeah, that's really cute. And kind of move on to, okay, how am I covering movie night? Well, the story then wasn't so much, uh, about movie night. I mean, yeah, we showed Lion King and it's a great movie and, and nobody's discounting that, but it became the, that story was, you know, we connected a pastime. So watching movies to, um, Kansas and what it meant to be a Kansas fan. So it was, uh, okay, you're not in a theater, you know, in a dark theater where you have a ticket, you might be sitting next to somebody you don't know. They come from a completely different background. It's suddenly it's, you're watching a movie that brought everybody together, but you're on a football field. You're all sporting Kansas stuff. Mm -hmm. The mascot's there to watch a movie with you. And this is probably the kid's best day he's ever had. And, um, I think that, you know, just from, um, some of the, and social media is a little bit difficult when we're out of season for sports, but, um, to see the amount of comments just on that picture, just remind you that, you know, people, yeah, people love sports, but like it was, that was not about a specific sport. Yes, we were on the football field, but there were no athletes there. It was, it became a, this is what it means to be a Candace fan. Like we get excited to see big J like that. He's a member of our family. And, um, you know, so it's, it's things like that, that, um, you know, just they warm my heart because it's the you, I didn't plan it wasn't like hey mom and dad I need you to tell your kid to run clear across and give him a big hug you, you know you don't stage those things but those moments happen and that's what makes people's heart melt and they make them proud to be Jayhawk fans mm, totally yeah that's one of my favorite things about the University of Kansas is just how it really is one big family whether you're an alumni a current student faculty work in athletics everybody's connected and it's just really powerful and and I will say you have uh, incredible instincts when it comes to moments like that. I mean, you, you caught that yesterday, I think a couple of years back. Was it like a, a post-game video or something of Frank Mason that you, you caught and you just did it on your phone and it still went big time viral? It, uh, it, it's funny because, you know, I think that um, we get so, you know, and, and you've seen, you've seen my desk. I am very big on, I have notes and I have spreadsheets and I can time things out of, Hey, you know, 15 minutes before this, we're going to do this. And then 20 minutes before this, you're going to, we're going to do that. But 
at the end of the day, that's kind of a working document because it can all go out the window depending on what's happening. Um, and I think that the biggest thing is, is I forget to, um, sometimes just kind of stop and look around me because at the end of the game, at the end of the day, we know a game is going to happen. There's going to be, uh, you know, a starting, you know, a starting clock, uh, ending clock. There's going to be a winner. There's going to be a loser. The coaches are going to shake hands, the players, you know, and it's that we, we expect it. That's going to happen all the time, but it's the, if we miss, you know, that play and we, we see the next one. Um, of course, there's always a little bit of a risk of you might mess up a big touchdown, but that's why we work in teams because yeah. somebody's always paying attention. But it's the um, seeing a kid, you know, at our Orange Bowl reunion at football, you know, to see a kid who literally was not alive for that because he was so young, but he was so proud to be wearing an Orange Bowl T-shirt mm-hmm. um, and was so excited to see those Orange Bowl guys come back. And he said, I love Kansas football. And I said, well, I love that you're this passionate about it. And, you know, and he became a story because, you know, it's, it's inspiring to see that, um, you know, when people feel connected young or old, I mean, he would, he had to have been all of, you know, six or seven years old, but, um, not very old. Um, but he had this connection that he was super passionate about and just kind of being able to step back and see, okay, we're watching the game and we're, we're kind of relaying it to the people who aren't here, but what about the people who are here watching the game? Like what is, how are they connected to this? And, um, and I I kick myself probably more for the, the moments that I miss, but, um, I mean, I am very predictable. If you look at my explore page on my Instagram, um, you know what I, what I like just because it's all the, you know, um, husbands come home from overseas and surprise their families mm-hmm. at baseball game. It's the little boy catches a foul ball and gives it to the little girl sitting two rows over. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the, <laughs> yes, it's, it's all sports, but it's how sports are bringing those people together. And I think that that is why people love sports. Yeah. The game is great. And that's why we're there, but it's the, how are we connecting to each other? I mean, people don't go out to the Stanley cup parade in hundreds of thousands of people because most people don't love crowds like that, but it's the, Hey, I don't know you, but we're wearing the same colors and we are both equally excited about this happening. And all of a sudden it's, it's a community of hundreds of thousands of people that probably outside of sports probably wouldn't get along. Mm -hmm. Maybe they would, maybe they wouldn't, but, um, I think sports unites and it's, it's incredible. The power of that. Yeah. You're so spot on with that. It's, it's like, if I go to the grocery store here in Lawrence and I see somebody wearing a Packers T-shirt, we'll end up in a five or ten minute conversation. No idea who they are. Oh, yeah. I'll probably never see them again. But, yeah. And and you're so right. It's it's so much more than wins and losses. And and the game is fun, and we all are drawn to it in different capacities. But it's it's a camaraderie thing. It's a Absolutely. it's a social it's a social thing, and it just brings people together. Like we we don't really go to games alone. We go with family. Right. We go with loved ones. Absolutely. That's what sports are for. So um, to kind of like shift gears here, yep. I know you've got a, another big meeting here at two, but um, you were a student athlete back in the day at <laughs> UMBC, University of Maryland, Baltimore. Uh, lacrosse was the sport? Yes, it was. Uh, tell me about that experience as a student athlete. Yeah, you know, I um, I didn't start playing lacrosse till late, which is odd because on the East Coast, I think you are pretty much born with a lacrosse stick in your hands. And, um, it was, I was actually a baton twirler first, which, um, you know, people love to laugh when I tell them that, but honestly it was great for hand-eye coordination, but, uh, 
I, I quickly realized that really, you know, marching in parades and putting my hair in a bun and having blue eyeshadow <laughs> was really not my thing. Um, and so I, I went home one day. There was a flyer in our middle school locker, gym locker room. And I said, Dad, I think I want to try this. And he told me probably like my 18th birthday in hindsight. Of course, he goes, gosh, the day you brought that flyer home was one of the best days of my life because I he was so excited, not because he didn't appreciate watching me twirl baton, but there was this level of he he grew up playing sports and yeah. it was a you're now going to have a second family. We don't know who it's going to be, but you're going to bond with these people through this this sport and whether you're terrible or whether you're fantastic. So I picked it up pretty late and um, I was being recruited by some small D3 schools and um, there was a coaching change um, at one of the schools, uh, one of the D3 schools in Maryland that I was being recruited by. She ended up taking the job at UMBC, which is a division one school that I think people probably really mostly know. Um, you know, lacrosse is, is a strong sport there. Um, soccer is too, but men's basketball made a splash Big for the time. first time, um, made history quite literally. Virginia. Um, so I think people know now who the retrievers are, but, um, but for me, it was, uh, you know, she, she made a shift there. And so I said, well, I guess, you know, um, that, that's out for me. And so when she called me from a 410 Baltimore number, I said, uh, hello. And um, she says, well, you know, I just wanted to, obviously the school's different, but we'd love to get you here to look at the campus, um, you know, uh, but everything else from a sport standpoint is the same. And I said, wait, you're st- still recruiting me? And she said, well, yeah, me going to a different school doesn't change the athlete that you are. And so I end up calling, you know, I kind of had this, oh oh no, like, am I capable of doing this? You know, this is a a whole different level. It's a whole different beast. Um, And, uh, you know, my club coach said, look, you know, with your work ethic, if you're willing to work every single day, there's no reason you can't do that. And so um, I, I still, I remember vividly, almost traumatically a little bit, my first ever practice because I was small and I was inexperienced. And there were a lot of Baltimore natives that, um, you know, grew up playing it. I mean, from a a tiny, tiny age. And um, for, for me, it was, um, it was kind of cool because um, it was humbling. I mean, I got laid out the first time, you know, I, I was, um, you know, it was a move that I could have, you know, uh, just danced through and scored in, in high school. But, you know, it, it was humbling in that, uh, yeah, I might have been the best here, but now I'm on a team of best of us. And, um, you know, and I, I didn't have, um, you know, I didn't have a picture perfect. I mean, I'm not in any sort of record books. Um, I mean, I even, you know, uh, I, I love the number that I wear. I wore 28 because there weren't, um, there weren't players in recent history that had worn it. And it was, to me, I kind of saw it as an opportunity of, I don't know what my story is going to be, but I'm, I'll make, you know, 28 a, a story, mm. um, you know, cause, uh, it's not like, you know, wearing zero behind Frank Mason. Uh, oh gosh, those are big shoes to fill. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was kind of cool for me to be able to create my own story, but you know, I dealt with an injury that kind of put me out most of my senior year. I changed positions. Um, I wasn't, you know, at that t- upper echelon of, of talent on our team. Um, but I was surrounded by girls that believed in me and, um, we went through a lot. I mean, they're some of my best friends to this day and I, I appreciate them because they saw my struggles. I mean, and w- w- one of my best friends was starting defender on our team, starting goalie. And the two of them, um, you know, saw more minutes than I did. And for them to be able to still be there and, and kind of have me right there in their pocket with them, um, 
And I think the the biggest challenge for me was I was named a, a senior captain. And at that point, I was not a starter. Um, and so I was faced with the challenge of how do I get people to take me seriously when I'm not doing. Um, and I think it's so easy that, you know, if you're a point scorer and you're a, you know, you're, you're putting up, you know, all these numbers, it kind of, you know, people respect that. Um, that's not to say that that's the only thing they respect, but I, it's, it's hard to learn the, okay, you know, I might be the, Hey, you have to push harder. I wasn't the fastest on the team, but when I turn around and tell somebody that I'm actually behind, like, Hey, you need to push harder. Um, you don't know how that's going to go over because at the end of the day, they're still beating me. Yeah. But it was the, I have to control what I can control. And um, for me, it was the, I'm going to work as hard as I can um, through injuries, through anything, through fatigue, through just kind of maybe slightly above average talent. Um, and, uh, you know, how, how do I be a leader um, regardless? You know, if I never pick up a stick again, how do I be a leader? And I think I learned a lot from sports. Um, and I think that that's what drew me back to sports. But I think that's also what's helped me be successful um, is just because um, there's confrontation in sports. There is tough times. There are peaks. There are valleys. There are all of their wins and losses and um, nothing sets you up better for real life than, than that. And so I am forever grateful for UMBC and, and the sport and uh, everything that I had there. But um, uh, yeah, it's, it's incredible. That's wild. So you went from not playing the sport at all to being a high school athlete with a chance to maybe play division three. Yep. A coach changes. You're playing Division One lacrosse. Like that is that is zero to one hundred, and it goes to show that it's a perfect example of uh, you know hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard, right? That's what they say. Like you you talk about your maybe modest level of of talent, but the work ethic really kind of carried it, you through. Uh, I I can promise you, if I didn't if I didn't work, there was no way I would be on that roster. And and my favorite thing was is I would joke with uh you know I would joke with some of the girls that I came across, whether they were my teammates or girls I played against. That said, where I told them I said, look, I will tell you flat out, if I had your speed and I had your talent with my work, I would be unstoppable. Yeah. And, and I, you know, and I had confidence in saying that knowing that, you know, I didn't have this, uh, you know, I was not all-star. Like I said, I mean, if people were to try and Google that, you're not going to find these, you know, enormous stats. I mean, I'm not a Frank Mason by any stretch. Um, but, um, it was, it was one of those things that, uh, for me, it was, I'm going to put in four years, whatever I I can, I'm going to get out a lot, even if it doesn't mean that I'm out there, you know, playing all, you know, every minute of every game. Um, but, uh, I mean, sports is, I mean, I, I, I literally got a family out of that. And I think that's one of the most awesome things that I can appreciate out of that is that I've got people that every time I'm home, I can, uh, knock on the door and Hey, I need to sleep on your couch tonight. Yeah. We're hanging out. So it's, uh, awesome. I mean, sports is, is incredible. And, um, I, I know not everybody is athletically inclined, but I think that with the sports world, having so many different aspects and arenas that that's a beautiful thing of um I think sports has so much to offer even if you don't consider yourself you know athletically inclined um that you know people say you know people who aren't ever athletes say I I just love sports because look what it does to the community I want to be a part of that and I think that's awesome mm-hmm. yeah you can't put a price tag on that and and that's why we have rec leagues and intramural leagues because you don't have to be a top talent to to gain the benefits that sports have to offer right so Uh, One final question before we get out of here, and it's kind of open-ended, not necessarily related to anything that we've discussed, but what are you currently looking forward to? 
What am I currently looking forward to? I, um, you know, I am looking forward to, um, you know, there's, there's, you know, always some uncertainty in sports, you know, um, you know, there's, there's personnel changes. There are, you know, there are culture changes, philosophy changes. There's, there's always, it's kind of a revolving, uh, ebb and flow, if you will. And, um, I think I'm looking forward to, um, you know, we're, um, we're trying to do some, some new things that are different than, than what we've done in the past in, in our department. And I can't give away too many, uh, secrets there, but without, without, you know, getting, getting too, uh, into the details of it, um, I'm inspired by the fact that we've got a group of people who are, who are talented and arguably probably more talented than I am. And, um, I love being around people who are better than me because it forces me to, to be better. Um, I don't ever want to be the smartest person in the room. I don't ever want to be the most talented person in the room. And I am about to be in a room every day full of just super talented people, younger than me, older than me, doesn't matter. And, um, so I'm really looking forward to, um, seeing the areas that have been untapped that I haven't pushed myself yet. Um, and one of that is, uh, I will be teaching a class in the fall. And so that, um, is going to be, uh, this is definitely an outside of comfort zone thing for me, but, um, I think that I'm going to learn just as much as hopefully um, any of the students in the class learn from me. So um, definitely looking forward to the um, to the other side of it. I love talking about social media. I could talk about it all day. Um, and so to be able to to hopefully um, pay it forward and return some of that to people who want to do um, things like I'm doing, I'm really excited about that. Right on. That is a vintage Rachel Pincus response. <laughs> And I've got to say, I, uh, I'm just so grateful for the past year and the opportunity to, to be a part of your team and, and learn so much from you and get to, you know, work Division One football games and men's basketball games and women's games and all the different sports. Like, I just had a blast doing it and never for a minute felt like work. Um, and you guys rock. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what you do in the future and where you go because I know that you thrive in your current role and you're really good with the the media and the communication side of everything but I could also see you potentially being in administration and higher administration and uh, thriving in in a position like that too so uh, I think the world of you I appreciate you coming on the podcast and I hope you you come back on at some point in the future of course thank you for having me this was awesome yeah it was all right guys appreciate you listening hope you all have a great weekend and we will be back in the next couple weeks with another episode all right bye-bye